everyone. Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Pilcher. Thanks for having a desire to be your best at work and help your organization achieve success. This podcast is all about actions we can take to improve workplace culture and achieve results. And they are all aligned to our nine principles for organizational excellence. Today, I'm excited to bring back one of our senior directors and leader coaches, Dr. Joanne Sternke, a former award-winning superintendent of Pewaukee School District, who led her team in 2013 to receive the Malcolm Baldridge Quality Award. Under her leadership, Pewaukee School District was also awarded a top workplace by the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel for seven consecutive years from 2010 to 2017. How incredible. Joanne herself has also been recognized with the Harry Hertz Leadership Award in 2019. She was a Citizen of the Year by Pewaukee Chamber of Commerce in 2014 and Wisconsin Superintendent of the Year in 2013. Joanne last joined us on the show to talk about effective communication and how we can be impactful and empathetic during times of uncertainty. In episode 72, Intentional Communication Starts with Why, Joanne explained More important than the lesson plans is to let the people know we care. And uh, that is really what I know Joanne is about, is really focusing in on the people. We recently released a reentry toolkit for leaders facing the challenge of reopening schools with many questions still unanswered. Joanne and I were just talking about that prior prior to getting on today. And I know Joanne has played a significant role in developing this toolkit. So I asked her to come on our show today to share her experience using one of the tools and, and talk about how leaders can communicate effectively as they begin to open schools and organizations. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. So, Joanne, I'm just so excited to have you back and and to share your stories and your experiences with our listeners today. Welcome back, Joanne. It's great to be with you, and I'm excited to talk about this topic. It's one I love. Choosing our words is so important, and now the stakes are high, so it's doubly important. I I couldn't agree with you more, Joanne. And I mean, everything we do is going to be communicated and and the way we communicate it is probably going to impact the results. So I'm I'm looking forward to hearing, you know, about your experiences and what you've learned and what you have to offer to our listeners today. So let's get going. And let's start with when we talked several weeks ago, you you talked about the benefits of using the communication template and the reentry toolkit. I know you and I were just having a casual conversation. You said, Janet, you know, this communication template really is helpful. And um, so I just, you know, I'd love to know more about what did you do with that communication template that's in the toolkit? And how did you work with your partners with that template, Joanne? Sure. And I'm happy to talk about it because I really believe in its importance. And just to give your listeners some background, the communications template is really meant to help people be more intentional and explicit in how they plan the communication regarding reentry. And what I've really found is that right now, our partners are in different stages of reentry. Some have made all the decisions and are ready to go to start the school year with a plan that they have in place. And I've worked with them using the template. Others have said, we're buying time and we're letting our stakeholders know that on July 29th, we'll be getting out a plan. And we use this template to message that they were going to be sharing the plan on July 29th. And then I also have worked with people that just were doing a survey about reentry and were using this template to talk about that survey. 
So I think one of the things I like about it is that in the last two weeks, I've used it with partners that are in various stages of decision-making, but they all have to communicate well those decisions that they have made. And this template gives them a process by which to do that. And I think as a leader, the thing you want is to make sure you haven't missed anything. And what I love about this template, and my partners have loved, in fact, I had one say, I just love that I feel I'm not dropping the ball on anything. It, it asks them to be explicit about what is the action they're communicating? What's the goal? What's the why behind that action? And then really explicitly about how they're going to communicate it, who needs to hear when and by what mode. And, you know, it just makes the complex simple, right? It's not leaving it up to chance that you forgot it. It's just giving leaders a checklist by which to say, these are the things that will make this communication more effective. And so my partners have commented that the benefits are all about feeling a sense of reassurance that they're being thorough in how they're designing the communication and that they are really making sure that they are intentionally messaging, choosing their words. But then the second part is choosing the cascade. And what I mean by that is being very explicit about who hears when. And I wanna tell you that one of my partners said something that really resonated with me. They said, you know, Joanne, what I love about this template is that it makes me think of crisis communication. I need to be as explicit with this as I was when I was telling my parents about a bomb scare that we had. And I thought, yeah, you're right. The stakes are high. You really do need to be that explicit. You know, and they said, I love that we're saying that, and this is how explicit we got, Janet, that at day one, the Board of Education is going to hear this by 5 p.m. On day two, employees would hear it at 9 a.m. And then at 11 a.m., principals would share this script with families. The level of explicitness that they got to regarding what they were messaging was so very clear. And that's what people need right now to build trust is clear communication. And this template helps us become clearer in how we communicate the wide array of communication decisions that we have. You know, as you're talking about that, Joanne, I just think about one of the mishaps, you know, of any communication. It's what you were talking about a few minutes ago is the timing of that cascading approach. I mean, I find that when people say, <laughs> I know you do too, I find when people say it was a miscommunication, that it's not as much about what was communicated as much about it's the timing and the domino effect of that communication because it's usually somebody heard something before I did and I don't understand that. Does that, does, does that make sense? You know, it's interesting as I was looking over Twitter today, someone said on Twitter today that they heard that one of their colleagues had um, the coronavirus and they heard about it on Twitter and how <laughs> insulted they were that they didn't hear from their employer, God. right? My gosh. And there it is out for thousands of people. Oh boy. Here's why, again, I'm gonna go back and say what I like about this template. Let's just think about what leaders are going through right now. They're spending hours in meetings making the decision. Then realistically, they're spending 
equal amount of time messaging that decision, putting words to that message, to that plan. And then sometimes you just get sloppy about yes. exactly what you're talking about because you're tired and yeah. you haven't thought through the cascade. And in reality, that's one of the most important parts. It is. When people hear what? That it, it's so devaluing to hear about it from someone else as opposed to your leader. It just, this simple template allows you to just be more thorough and feel like you've dotted your I's and crossed your T's regarding the wide array of what needs to be done when you communicate decisions. Yeah, really, really good story and um, really helpful, Joanne, as we talk through and, and uh, you had a big part in developing, you know, this toolkit as we talk through what we thought we'd need and to see it in action is really nice, nice to see. And I, I know we've just touched the tip of the ice with this communication toolkit. You know, somebody said to me, well, boy, there could just be one toolkit on the expansion of communication. I said, you're right on. <laughs> you know, that's probably something that needs to occur. Absolutely. You know, as you're, as you're working with partners and as you've, you've worked as a superintendent, you know, right now, what more do leaders need to do to hit the mark with communication as they experience this constant state of change? This is such a good question um, in terms of, because just like we think of an iceberg with the big bulk of it underwater, there's so much more to what needs to be done to make the communication be really effective. And I could talk for hours on this, but I'm going to be really tight around it. But I want to begin with a short story. Buzz Aldrin, famous astronaut, talked about the re-entry in the spaceship back to Earth. And he said, which I just love, he said he's traveling 17,500 miles per hour. But what was comforting to him was that the people in Houston, I love this term, the controllers, had very high confidence that we were on the right path. I want to repeat that. They had high confidence that we were on the right path. I think if there's anything leaders need to be doing right now, it's really thinking about that mindset of, as I think about re-entry, but now re-entry as my organization opens up in whatever way that looks, how can I in my stakeholders develop high confidence that we're on the right path? That to me is the most important thing right now is to develop that trust and confidence. Because I think if people are reasonable and rational, they will understand that there isn't a right answer around reopening. You're not going to please everyone with the decision and there isn't a right answer. And moreover, and I think this is a grieving that leaders went through, it's not like someone from the state public health or the nation, or anyone is going to come on a white horse and tell you, here is the plan, here is the answer. It's not going to happen. And so now it's about really developing that trust in your stakeholders that you are on the right path. And so for example, to me that means using this template and being very, very, very explicit around what actions are being taken for safety and health and student learning, to not be ambiguous, but really make sure that you are to the best of your ability, being as transparent and bringing clarity to the actions that are being taken. And I love the idea, and Janet, you do this so well, that short, consistent communication 
is better than waiting until August 15th when the whole plan is together. You build trust incrementally. And so I just saw on the news last night, and it happens to be one of our partners who somehow got airtime and simply on the news, it was a custodian and how they were cleaning desks in a classroom. And I thought, brilliant, brilliant to be showing what are some of the steps you're taking to ease that anxiety for people about how you're cleaning the environment and making it more sanitary. You know, and even to say that you formed a safety committee that has representatives from many different stakeholders to advise you on those decisions. That to me is what everyone needs to be doing now, thinking about how we earn people's trust by being transparent and by being very, very explicit in what we can say, a flip of that. I think what leaders also need to do is be vulnerable and expectation set. I think it's fair to tell your stakeholders now that what school looks like on day one may not be what school looks like on day 30 or day 40. And people need to expect that adjustments will be made as warranted and that there is a plan to make those adjustments should cases spike or should they not spike and we could go back to a different scenario. And so I think there's that vulnerability that also needs to be expressed and that empathy of, I wish I had all the answers for you right now but I don't. And even if I did have the answer for what it's going to look like on day one, it may not look the same at the semester. Very transient situation. And that's why if you've built the trust and you've empathized, I think that you are more likely to have people say, I'm with you on this. I'm with you on this. Yeah, I think so too. You know, I think it's, it's, I love that, you know, just the, I mean, it's the concise and the clarity and the vulnerability of, I don't have all the answers, but we're, we're going to, we're going to communicate what we have and, you know, continue to build that trust. And um, I, th I think almost we all are uncertain and people have that, you know, understand that I, I, I really like that creating that mindset with our with our leaders. Yeah, you know, as you've been working on the staying with the communication theme, you know, has there been anything that surprised you as you've been working with superintendent or other leaders on this reentry process? Well, the first two things I'm going to say are surprising, but as you hear them, I think they're they're ones that are are obviously surprising, I guess. I think even for me, who was a superintendent and a successful superintendent for 17 years, this is by far the most complex situation to communicate that I have ever experienced. So what has surprised me is the complexity. And as I've said, it's complex to make the decisions about reentry. It's complex to make the contingency and the emergency management plan regarding what if these different scenarios occur if someone comes down with coronavirus, et cetera. And then it's complex to communicate them. So it's the trifecta of complexity. That has been surprising to me, just how big and the weight of that on superintendents and leaders feeling that sense of this is big and the stakes are high as they worry about people's health and safety. And most importantly as well, their students learning. And the second thing is, is that I have watched leaders 
really become artful at how to answer questions we can't answer now and how, how hard that is. And that really you have to come up with language that really um, with great humility says, I know how stressful this is for you. And I wish I had an answer. I don't, but here's one thing I can tell you. We've got a great team working on it and we'll be able to get you an answer to the best of our ability by X. And, and really those artful leaders that say, I wish I had that answer and empathize, but then manage up the process. And that's such a great student education term, right? They manage up the process that is occurring to make sure that people feel confident that even though I can't give you that answer, I can wait because I know that good work is being done. Artful leaders do that. Yes, and we get an opportunity to really see some of those, Joanne. You know, it's just, it is, you know, it's, it's, um, it's kind of unbelievable, you know, surprising in such a good way. So I'm going to end today by asking you kind of a million dollar question. You know, I put this on here and I thought, oh, shoot, I'll, you, you can, <laughs> I, I'll see how you'll, how you'll answer this because it's not an easy question, but it's one that is going to be out there for everyone to answer once we get back into to school. And, you know, the, you know, leaders are most likely going to have to communicate difficult message when someone in their organization, you know, whether it's an employee or student, you know, test positive for COVID-19. Um, you know, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when I think it's going to happen, you know, based on going back to school and the way that we're talking about it now. So what advice do you have for leaders when this occurs? Well, thanks a lot for ending with the ringer tough question. Um, and it is. Uh, I think some of the things we've talked about certainly come into play here. That sense of being empathetic, and reinforcing the, the good work that is being done along the way. But the biggest thing I wanna tell you is there are samples out there. Um, and I think sometimes we think we can't learn from out of sector. And as you know, you mentioned that I was, that our organization and Studer was a Baldridge recipient, you can learn from out of sector. You don't need to wait for your organization to write that template of what that letter and information would look like. It's out there. And then you take it and you make it your own. Um, in my work with partners in the last two weeks, we've looked at organizations like Amazon or Delta Airlines that have thousands and if not millions of dollars to spend on their messaging. They've got samples of this. They have dealt with this and they are wording it incredibly well and then take it and make it your own. So I guess the biggest thing I'd say is, um, Think of all the principles of good communication that we've talked about. Make sure that you're being um, explicit, but really honoring people's confidentiality, but that you are reassuring and that you are empathetic, but the language for it is out there. And really there are some great samples. And if anyone wants any, I've got a couple in my back pocket. And I would think that that's something great leaders are doing right now isn't just waiting for the case to occur, but if they can start to develop that arsenal of communication for some of those what if situations and start working on it now. Because as you say, I think it's a matter of time before we need to implement some of that crisis communication and there's no reason to wait. That's one of the things that you learn with crisis communication. You get a file going and you work from there.
Thank you, Joanne. And, you know, you and I have talked about, um, as you, you have such great expertise here and you've collected, you know, good resources like you talked about. And, um, you know, in the, in the next several, several months, I mean, we want to put out a communication toolkit, you know, where, and I know you're going to take kind of the, the front you know, the driver's seat in that and, and really begin to expand and provide some of the resources that you're talking about because we can't have more than we need, you know, in terms of helping with communication and we can all rely on it. Joanne, thank you so much for joining us today. As always, you know, just great information you provide. Appreciate you being here with us. And I appreciate you, Janet. It's an honor and a pleasure and a topic I love. Thank you. So I would just recommend that um, we have a, we'll have a link to our, um, our reentry toolkit and the communication template is in that toolkit. You've heard a lot about um, that template from Joanne and ways to use it. So as you go out this week and over the next month, I'd, I'd recommend that you download that template and think about ways that you could use it to really help the people that you work with each and every day and help the people that you serve um, to to build the, the best communication so that you build that trust back or uh, build that trust with people so that you can make those difficult decisions and uh, do that with great skill in the way that you message what you're trying to do and build that connected thought to move everything forward in a positive direction. Uh, so our toolkit is available, as I mentioned, as a re- free resource to anyone. Uh, we'll put the link in the podcast description on our website. If, if you can't get there, feel free to contact me personally and I'll make sure you you get the link. Um, always feel free to do that. And so as we leave today, I thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. Please share the podcast and make sure you're subscribed. If you're looking for more resources related to today's episode, head over to studereducation.com slash podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can all be our best at work. Have a great week.